The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd, I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, our show today is about divorce and money and resolving the conflicts within that. And I am so thrilled. Lloyd, you know I am so excited to have my good friend Violet Woodhouse on the show with us. First, I knew her as a certified financial planner, and I loved listening to the tapes that she had many years ago. And then I knew her as a colleague, as a fellow attorney. And because of that collegial relationship, we became good friends. And so I am so honored to call her my friend. She's wonderful. We Let me tell you a little bit about her background, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. Violet Woodhouse is a certified financial planner and a certified family law specialist. And she happens to be a noted author, lecturer, seminar presenter, and consultant to the media in the areas of family law and personal finance. And I should just tell you that right in front of me, I have the newest version of her book, Divorce and Money, How to Make the best financial decisions during divorce. And this is a a NOLO press book. And I have very often recommended to my clients to get this book. It's a workbook. It's fabulous. I refer to it and I love to show my mediation clients how they can learn much more about divorce and money. And so this is, she is the wonderful author of this book. She is also a foremost authority on the financial and tax aspects of divorce. And that's really a tough thing because there are many tax issues that people forget about when they are going to start a dissolution of marriage. Violet is a practicing family law attorney as well as a certified financial planner. And she's also a registered investment advisor. She pioneered the development of financial analysis of property settlements for financial planners And often she acts as a consultant to divorcing spouses and their mediator during mediation. And I'm thrilled to say that we have had a little dog and pony show on many cases together where she's been the consulting attorney. And I've been very pleased to work with her collaboratively with her clients and the clients of other attorneys during divorce. Violet Woodhouse is also in private practice in Newport Beach, California, And she's authored numerous articles for the state bar and the local bar associations and legal newspapers. She's also the co-author here of NOLO Press's 
Divorce and Money. And she's written many articles for various publications. And she's been quoted in such publications as the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Working Woman, Lear's, Money Magazine, and Clippinger's Personal Finance Magazine. And Worth Magazine has named her one of the top 60 financial advisors in this country. And you can learn a lot more about her at conflicthealing.com, where we have her uh, bio and her picture and the JPEG of her book. And her website also is vpwlaw.com. And so without further ado, I'm going to ask my good friend Violet to join us. Thank you, Violet, for joining us from beautiful Newport Beach. Thank you for having me, and thank you for such a fantastic introduction. Well, you are a fantastic lady. You know I think that. So let's talk about conflict and divorce. And, you know, when people are going through a divorce, they usually aren't very good at communication, and that's one of the reasons they're getting a divorce, and they're not necessarily good at, you know, navigating the whole challenges of, of money and finance, and they usually don't compromise very well. So now all of a sudden when they're in divorce, these issues come up again. So what should someone contemplating divorce be thinking about knowing that there's already conflict in the relationship with regard to these areas? The first thing they should be uh, doing is learning about themselves and about their finances. So, and they can do this without, uh, any notice or without being, without letting the other person know that they're doing it, but just quietly go about and find out and get documents concerning how much we spend, how much it costs for us to live, what it, our savings are, what do we own, and what do we owe. Yes, and you know, I know you're into empowering women, and we know that unfortunately many times, and not all, all the time, and I think it's changing in our society, but a lot of times the women are not savvy as to how much money is coming in, where the assets are, anything about the retirement plans. They just haven't been involved in that. Maybe they've been involved in you know, raising the kids, and, and they've divvied up these different uh, roles as spouses. So... This is a huge thing for them to suddenly want to get involved and, you know, find this information out. So so how do they do that, Violet? How, how do they do that without maybe causing craziness? Maybe they're just thinking of divorce and they just want to make sure that they're knowledgeable about this stuff. Well, first of all, they need to resolve the conflict in themselves that they aren't entitled to the information or that it's private. Many people, uh, especially women, will ask, geez, am I really allowed to get that information? And in California, you have a right to it. In fact, it should be just made, um, it should be just in some place where you can have access to it without even asking. However, uh, if you have to ask, uh, try to find other means to get it. For example, you might talk to the CPA and ask him for a copy of a tax return. Right. You can um, go to the bank and ask them for copies of bank statements on which you're a joint signer. So there are ways to, again, find out information without confronting your spouse. Right. 
And sometimes it's a good idea if you're listening to this and you're not even contemplating divorce, if you are not aware of where all the assets are and the debts are and all the different investments are, you might want to sit down and have a little discussion with your spouse and say, you know, life is fleeting and either one of us could pass on without the other one, you know, you know, before we get to be 80 years old. And so it's really important for us to both feel comfortable to know where everything is and to know what's out there so that, God forbid, one of us were to pass on, we would know where everything is so that the other person could be taken care of and the kids be taken care of. So it's a good idea to know where everything else is, isn't it, Violet? Absolutely. And we have to remember that there's a 100% chance that this relationship is going to end. That is, it's going to end either by divorce or by death. Statistically speaking, women are, live longer than men. So very often it's the woman who has the least about knowledge about the financial affairs of the parties is put in a position of having to make irrevocable decisions when she's least able to, uh, to make them with the least amount of knowledge. Right. So you don't want to be like trying to find this all out to have money to, to live on when you're grieving terribly. No, and it's overwhelming as well. Exactly. So when you're listening to this, no matter what, even let's say you're, you're a college student going to school on the campus and, you get, and you're about to get married, you need to think about right from the get-go to have some agreement before you even get into the marriage that there's going to be full disclosure about all of our finances from the get-go. We're going to know what's what, where it is, how it's done, and, and make sure that we're on equal standing. What do you think about that, Violet? I think that's the, one of the uh, ingredients to a successful marriage. It really does involve the ability to, one, communicate, two, to negotiate, and three, to come to agreement or compromise. Exactly. So let, let's talk a little bit about the types of divorce there are. You know, unfortunately, what is it, one out of two marriages end in divorce or something like that? Yes. So there's, there's several types of ways that people can get the divorce. They, it has to be through a court, but there are ways that they can have more privacy. There's ways that they don't have to get into the nastiness. Why don't you talk about the difference between litigation, collaboration, mediation, arbitration, just kind of give us an overview for the people who are listening to understand what what their choices are. Well, briefly, mediation is a process facilitated by a neutral person, that is a third party who does not represent either party. And uh, that person's responsibility is to facilitate or create an environment allowing the parties to come to their own agreement. Now, let me ask you something, Violet. You and I have worked together, and we're both attorneys. What, do you, how, what is your thought about some couples using a non-attorney mediator for divorce? So some people think that that's going to be a, a great cost savings for them to do that. And what is your perspective on that? I, I believe that's a mistake for a variety of reasons. And one of the most important reasons is because the judgments that they actually ultimately produce, that is, the in ri- that's in written form, the agreements that the parties make are very often a disaster. Mm. They are ambiguous, they aren't clear, and uh, in and of themselves, they 
the parties can't really say, well, this is what our agreement was and this is what it meant. And so, therefore, the judge can't when that agreement is actually contested, which it, oftentimes they are. Yes. And and so that's it, it's helpful. What about from your perspective as the consulting counsel? How does that work for you to be able to work with a, an attorney mediator versus a non-attorney mediator? Well, it makes a lot of difference because one thing about mediation is that the mediator has a lot of power in that the mediator is the one that creates the environment for the parties to, 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 to come to an agreement. If you have a non-legal type uh, mediator and they're saying, well, this is what the law is, that is, um, is difficult because the parties that are participating in it may believe that's what the law is, and they could very well be wrong. So it is always good for the mediator to know what is the law in this particular area. Um, and that way it reduces the misinformation. Right. Um, and the mediator can provide the legal education, you know, as the mediator, you don't want a mediator who's going to tell you what to do, but you want a mediator who's going to, who's going to ask the right questions and help you understand by providing you code sections and maybe providing you cases and helping you know what some of the options are, which, you know, I think if, it's kind of scary if you have a non-attorney mediator for divorce, whereas you could have a non-mediator attorney maybe for a business dispute. That might work better. Well, and the other thing is that the area of divorce is, is, is very technically driven and that you can't get a divorce unless certain steps are completed. For example, a preliminary and a final declaration of disclosure is required under the code before you can even get divorced. And oftentimes the intent of what a, dec- a disclosure is really about isn't, um, isn't really honored in, in a process where the mediator is not a lawyer and, un- and doesn't understand the significance of, of disclosure. Right. We are speaking with a wonderful attorney who is not only a certified family law specialist, but she's also a certified financial planner, and she knows about tax, and she's the author of the 10th edition, which I have right in my hand, and I have several of the other ones as well. She's the author of Divorce and Money, How to Make the Best Financial Decisions During Divorce. So we talked about mediation. How about talking a little bit about arbitration and and help my audience understand the difference between mediation and arbitration? Arbitration is like a private judge. That's the way I look at it. Uh, you go to uh, an arbitrator who hopefully the two of you have selected, and you basically present your case to that person, and then that person makes a decision, kind of like we do with the judge down in, you know, at the courthouse, and you're bound by that decision. So you present your case as if you were in court, and you... Uh, assume the risk of the decision of the arbitrator. Yes, because there's no right to appeal that decision. There's no right to appeal. Right. As a matter of fact, that's one of the things that you usually uh, waive. Yes, yes. Now, in mediation, people should know that the mediator doesn't make any decisions for you. 
the mediator empowers both clients to have enough good information to make good decisions for their own lives, which really helps them. It's a kind of a higher consciousness type of um, decision because they're making their own decisions. Nobody is imposing it upon them until they agree. And and the good news about in, in mediation is they can go to Violet and other independent consult that can help them see, you know, some things that maybe they want to ask to include or maybe change some things or get some other insights that that the mediator can't tell them because the mediator cannot be um, an advocate for either side. The other thing is that I just want to kind of uh, have the audience think about this. That is that who would you want as a mediator and what qualifications do you think they should have? Because there's good mediation and there's horrible mediation. And the good mediators there really honor that whole uh, process of disclosure, Um, whereas there are many mediators who just take that very casually. There are good mediators who will document the progression of the decision-making that parties are, are coming to, and there are others who they just sit and listen, and there's no documentation, there's no reports, there's no... There's really, it's just real loose. I personally believe that since divorce and the agreements that you come to in divorce are so, such a significant, uh, have such significant consequences, that you really need to understand the process, understand the decision-making and when it happened and how it happened, and have... Um, something at least to refer to concerning the discussions that took place and um, the tasks that each of you are required to, to undertake. Especially when you're in divorce, it's, it's such a trying time emotionally. Even if you're in mediation, which is far less stressful, still you're going through this time of feeling just horrible. I mean, it, it, it is a life stressor. And so you do forget what goes on in session, or it might be scary for you, or or you might be nervous, or you might be sad or something, so that at least if you have something after the meeting that you can look to and go, oh, yeah, that's what we talked about. Oh, I get it now. Oh, well, I can go to my independent counsel and kind of say, what do you think about this? Here's, Here's some of the options that we talked about. Which option do you think is best for me? And get some good advice if you have someone who doesn't have any follow-up like that from a mediation, then the, the consulting consul like you, Violet, doesn't really know what happened, and they may explain it to you in a way that, that really is incoherent. And, and sometimes we misunderstand what we're saying. Sometimes we make a mistake as to the facts, and therefore when you have um, a letter or, or a synopsis of, of the progression of what happened in that session, you can correct things that, that should be corrected and, and so that there's no misunderstanding. Right. So let's talk a little bit about collaborative law and how is that different from the mediation or the arbitration? What is, what is that? Well, first of all, it's important to note that mediation is a voluntary process. So is uh, collaborative law or divorce, collaborative divorce is what we call it. 
Right. Um, and it both both of those processes involve mutual decision making or problem solving by yes. by the mediator or the in the case of collaborative law by the collaborative lawyers posing the questions and the parties being the solution finding the solutions so the in the case of collaboration the collaborative lawyers are kind of like mediators in the sense that they're there and they are there they are fully committed to the parties reaching an agreement and i think that's really important they sign an agreement up front that if things were to fall apart they would not represent their client in court that's correct so that means that there's an incentive for them to do a good job and make sure that the parties come to a, a, a fair agreement that's a settlement agreement rather than to go to fight it out. And, and that we're all being respectful to the parties, understanding that, that um, ev- there's no one who's right or wrong, but there are issues that need to be resolved as opposed to attacking someone or discounting another person. Right. So it, it requires everyone be respectful. Yes. Um, the other thing that's very much like mediation is that, aside from being voluntary, is that there's, there's full disclosure or there, should be, there must be full disclosure. I, yes. I maintain that this mediation, arbitration, litigation, all of them require full disclosure. Absolutely. And a free exchange of documentation. Sometimes there are cases where only one person has access to the document, and that person has to maybe do more than the other person in terms of providing the information. Right. But the, the point here is that both parties are involved in a solution and not engaging and becoming a problem right or that their differences at least can be resolved yes and there's so many people that I've that I've met recently that said gee I didn't even know that there were these other kinds of dispute resolution they got into litigation and that's where they ended up and I know that you have been involved in quite a bit of litigation and I know that that you're good at it why don't you tell us about litigation, then, how it compares with the other processes? First of all, I want to say that even if you're involved in litigation, if there are areas where you are stuck, very often those issues can be resolved in mediation. So you could actually go to a mediator for very limited purposes. I just wanted to point that out. Right. You can, yeah, it's, it's like um, you can pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Let's say you resolve everything except the value of a business. Maybe, maybe that's the only issue that you have to resolve. Right. And, and so you're right. I mean, it, you can actually kind of blend some of these things if you choose to do that, which is great. And even in litigation, you can settle. You don't have to go to court just because you have ended up starting out in a litigation pose. That's correct. The big uh, difference between mediation and uh, litigation, aside from the fact that both parties are at war, is that 
we, in, as litigators, have the ability to issue formal kinds of discovery that compels uh, the production of certain documents and information. That generally uh, doesn't... I've never seen a mediation where there were subpoenas that were sent out. However, what I do see in mediation and also in collaboration are uh, authorizations to get yes. information. If the person has, for example, um, you know, human resources department uh, and needs to provide information concerning the retirement plan, that actually can be directly provided to the mediator and also to the collaborative lawyers simply by signing an authorization allowing the release of that information. In litigation, we would ask for that, but if we don't get it, we, we get it by formal discovery. Right. And I think that leads to the issue of privacy that you and I talked about on our other show, Privacy Piracy, where we talked about that in a court setting, there is far less privacy than in either collaborative law or mediation where the parties can agree not to, for example, file income and expense declarations, not to file any financial documents, but to have those kept out of court, which is a little bit different than in the if you're in full-fledged litigation. It's, it's a huge difference. It's yes. a huge difference. And there are lots of reasons why we wouldn't want the public to know about many things of our lives. There's, there's a huge loss of privacy by default, much less having now to give these documents to be filed and be part of a public court file, which shows your sources of income and how much you make and, um, you know, what your, how much money you have in the bank uh, it, it, it's, and how much is liquid and how much is, you know, is not. Um, it's, it's a huge difference. Yes. And in and, and this day and age, when that information gets out there, other people can get a hold of it and it can be used for other purposes. Well, and we're also depending on the government to protect our privacy. And I don't think we can depend on the government to do that. No. And would you believe that we're almost out of time? Oh, I can't even believe it. I just want you to tell just about um, this wonderful book, Divorce and Money. And just if you could just tell people how they can use it, because I think that's really important. Many, many people are filing in pro per, meaning that they're their own attorney. And I think if they at least had this book, it would be like having a little a little uh, violet sitting on their shoulder <laughs> telling them some good things to do. This, uh, the book is a workbook, and one of the, uh, I think one of the great things about it is it takes you through a process of being able to look at on an objective level, because we're dealing with numbers, we're not dealing with feelings, and gather information concerning your finances and looking at what your options are, whether you keep it, whether you sell it to the other person, whether you simply sell it to a third party. Um, but it's kind of a, an instruction on what is, if, if I do it one way, how much will I get out of it? If I do it another way, what do I get out of it? It forces you to really think about your future. Yes. And make decisions that are consistent with achieving those goals 
in the future. Yes, and what I love about it is you talk about the tax consequences so people just don't think, okay, I'll take this and you take that. I mean, like the chapters here that you have, financial realities, and emotional divorce, managing the money crazies, just going through some of these wonderful chapters and, you know, closing the book, what do we do with joint property and uh, financial fact-finding, what must I know and how do I get to know it? And these are all really, really very important. So even if you're just, I mean, there's many more chapters dealing with all the financial investments and, and evaluating employee benefits, stock options. This is really a primer on knowing what to do. This is written for you and me and every ordinary person so that you can get that information and information is power and we don't mean the power to destroy we're talking about the power to make good decisions so that you can get a fair agreement isn't that right absolutely correct well violet you are correct you are wonderful we thank you so much for joining us we're going to have to have you back again very soon to talk more because there was so many things that you and i brainstormed on that 11 hour trip back from our from our little uh, retreat mm-hmm. so we're going to have to have you come back again to talk about more about even greater about how to deal with the conflict of divorce you're wonderful you're just the greatest and i really appreciate your having me on well we will have you back again and we thank you violet so you take care all right you too okay bye-bye bye-bye you've been listening to prescriptions for healing conflict i'm mari frank the host visit our website at conflicthealing.com write us emails about what's important to you and download our podcasts and listen to our archived interviews and see our upcoming guests and join us next monday at 8 30 a.m and thank you the opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.